Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Just going to be me, to, uh, me today. Um, no episode yesterday, it was a little busy on Mother's Day. Hope you guys understand, but we're back today. And first we're going to talk about the Bruins Game 2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and then we're going to talk about those two incredible Game 7s last night between the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. Then we're going to get to the Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia 76ers. Um, should be a good episode. Um, and if you hear any references to a, um, NFL power ranking segment, uh, just disregard that. I'm planning on putting that into next episode. I want to put it into this episode, but things just didn't work out. So that'll be for next episode. So if you hear that, just disregard it. It doesn't mean anything. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. And we're going to start with the Bruins Hurricanes right about now. So yesterday, the Bruins pick up that dominating 6-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. It The road, honestly, just kind of seems to be getting easier, but I'm not ready to call this series over just yet. Now I'll get to that. But yesterday, listen, this game, I didn't see a complete 60 minutes from the Bruins once again. Uh, you know, there's holes. I'm just pointing that out. I'm not saying yesterday was a bad game. I'm just pointing that out that there's there's one thing team, you know, we talk about 60 minutes of hockey. This team plays, there's always gaps here and there where the team gets a, you know, a, a nice little run. But seriously, yesterday was a great game. The first 10 minutes or so were well fought, well fought by both teams. It looked like the Hurricanes might have been winning at that beginning of the, the game. Like it's still 0-0, but they might have outplayed you a little. You know, Falk had that hit. There was the hit on Grizzlick. And let me just tell you, that hurricane seemed soft too, and they 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 were getting in there a little. And you know, Falk almost had that goal. And at first, I was like, "Ooh, this could be a good game." And then all of a sudden, the first goal uh, again, great feed by Johansson to Matt Grizzlick, who I'll tell you my thoughts on Matt Grizzlick. But first, I just want to go over the game. Johansson has been a key part to this run. Um, Johansson, just the way, you know, he just sets up, he's a pass-first guy, which is good. This team has a lot of shooters, 28 years old, 6'1", left winger, 205 uh, in weight. 13 games played, 3 goals, 6 assists, that's 9 points, a plus-minus of 3. So, this guy, he doesn't need to take a lot of shots. 23 shots in 13 games. This guy takes a shot or two every game. Sorry for that whistle. Um... But especially lately, he's played well. You know, some games he'll just be like, you know, no points. But most of the time, he's getting an assist. He's creating something. And he's, this series has been fantastic. I've loved Marcus Johansson. And that was just a great feed to Matt Grizzlick. And then at that point, all right, the game opened up for the Bruins. That was a weak goal led up by Peter Mraz. Like, you have to save that. And again, it trickled by. I think it was a little unlucky, but you still have to save that. There's no excuse there. That was a bad goal to let up. And Peter Mraz, this guy's just not a good goalie. Really, he's just a back. He's really a backup. And then you had the Jake DeBrus goal. He kind of, you know, powers it in off the second chance. Uh, you know, finds uh, Mrazic, um having to kind of 
bend over to try to save that. But DeBrusque, nice second uh, chance goal for him. And at that point, the game really opened up for the Boston Bruins. Uh, And then the game kind of went loose from there on out. Um, I don't need to explain the whole thing for you guys. Johansson sets up a nice uh, goal. You know, Backus gets in there. Heinen, Grizzlick ended up with another goal. You had the Connor Clifton goal for your third goal. But, you know, you guys know the whole thing, drill. With those last two goals a little, the Bruins kind of got a little careless. Yes, Ross got careless with the puck on that second goal. It looked like he didn't hit it as hard as he wanted to. He got careless there. And then the first goal was just a great redirection by Williams. But yesterday, the takeaway from the game for me was that Hurricanes team, are they for real? Are they really for real, for real? The first series, they're down 2-0 against the uh, Capitals, fight back, win the next two in Carolina. Game five, the uh, Capitals win, they're up 3-2. I feel like half of it, you know, TJ when TJ Oshie went down, all that really left for the Capitals was really Ovechkin for scoring goals. Really, it, it just felt like that. And I felt like the Hurricanes kind of gave them the series, more than the Hurricanes really fought for it. Because the... The Hurricanes are kind of the Capitals. Kind of just gave it away. They were a little bit of hang, uh, Stanley Cup hangover, if you will. But I'm not taking that away. That was still a good series. And the Islanders, even though that was a sweep, the Islanders always play close games. They never really blow out games. They never get blown up. They never blow out the opposition. So you know the Hurricanes just you know got a goal or two more in like every single game. But I'm not taking away from the Hurricanes. I don't think this series is over just yet. Do I think the Bruins will win the series? Yes, there's a great chance to win the series. I wouldn't bet really much against the Bruins. Maybe I'll bet a dollar that they, they end up losing just for I don't, I, you know, my point. There's just a chance because this Hurricane seems 5-0 and on the road, and we all know the Bruins have uh, struggled in Game 3s. So all of a sudden, if the Hurricanes want to crack at the series, they have to win Game 3. If they lose game three and they win game four, that's great, but it's not really going to do you much. Um, I'm just saying, I think game three is the one you need. If you still want a shot, you need to win game three. You can't just say, well, if we lose game three, you can still win game four. No, by that point, down 3-0 against this Bruins team, good luck. The Bruins have not been great in game three, so you lost to the Maple Leafs. I didn't think they played horrible, but they were eh. And then the Blue Jackets was just, that was probably their worst game in that Blue Jacket series right there. So, again, this Bruins team in Game 3s, they're in. And the Hurricanes at home, 5-0. and And, you know, they've, they've had a little fight back, but they are just so soft in their own, on their own end. For, on that team, though, they have guys like Justin Falk, uh, Dougie Hamilton. And um, I don't think he played. Not didn't play. But they have some solid defensemen. They're just too soft is the problem with that team. That's just a soft, soft team. How was Carolina here, though? To be honest, like, no one really expected them. I thought they'd be a little more dangerous, but they, you know, I didn't think they could really go too far. I thought they'd be, they were slept on a little. I said it in the podcast. I thought them, the Blues, and the Blue Jackets were really being slept on. And, look, the Blue Jacks made it to the second round. Blues and Hurricanes are still here. Just saying. Um, but I looked at this Hurricane team, but how do they make it this far? They have weak goaltending, good but soft, de- a little bit of soft defense, so just soft all-around team. Lowest payroll in the NHL, and they've just been an absolute, 
they've been irrelevant. They've been an irrelevant franchise, and they're making they're making it this far. So you know that's just my little take on them. And then the one other thing I wanted to get to is Matt Grizzlick. Uh, my I have a thing with uh, Matt Grizzlick because as good of a game he had yesterday, I still have a problem with him. And that in the pro, it's not even a problem. It's not really his fault, but. 5'9", 174, 174 pounds. He's age 25. This postseason, 15 games played, three goals, four assists, which is seven points. Seven points in 15 games on 31 shots. More shots than Johansson by eight. But Grizzly, all right, wow, really good offense. Small, he just screams at Tory Krug. Small defenseman, but is more of an offensive defenseman. Minus two plus minus. This season, 66 games in the regular season. Three goals, 15 assists with 18 points. Nine plus minus. uh, And he had one power play goal. 3.3% of his shots go in. Again, as a defenseman, he shoots some more low percentage shots. But Grizzly shows just a mini-me Tory Krug. I don't know if I want a mini-me Tory Krug. Well, I want to see Tory Krug's stats, but you're 5'9". 174, and I can't, you know, he's born that way, but, you know, put a little weight. This guy is just always getting bodied. He got bodied early in that game yesterday. He got bodied in that Pittsburgh game and ended up getting hurt because he's skinny. And, look, Tori Krug is 5'9", 186. So, you know, Tori Krug's got a little more muscle on him, but by, what, 12 pounds? And Tori Krug is the guy who's had 11 points uh, this series. So, um, these playoffs. So Matt Grizzlick just screams a mini him. Except Tory Krug can actually, you know, get a little work done defensively. Get, don't get me wrong. Tory Krug is a little bit of an more of an offensive defenseman, but at least he can hold up his own in a way. The thing about Grizzlick is, I'm not saying Krug's great defensively, but do we need another Tory Krug? What's the point of having two undersized, offensive-minded defensemen? Grizzlick. How offensive-minded is he? 18 points in 66 games. Tory Krug, 64 games, two less games, scored 53 points. He's an assist machine. So I, the thing is with Grizzlick, there's no real... What does he do? He's not that physical. He's tiny. He's tinier than Tory Krug. So you already have Tory Krug. Don't get me wrong. Besides uh, Zidane Ochara, who do you really have besides like uh, Kevin Miller and uh, McQuaid? Who just never, never even here. I don't even know if they're even on the team because they never play. You don't have that much of physical defense with Tory Krug already. It's all right to have an offensive defenseman. I'm fine with that. Like a guy like Tory Krug, completely fine. But then you had a guy like Matt Grizzlick, and Grizzlick was great yesterday. But and he's 25. You know, do they look at him as the next Tory Krug? That's fine. But I think I'm not a huge fan of him right now because he's so undersized and. He just kind of changes the momentum in a way because he's not great defensively and these big hits can get other teams back in these games. And he's not even fantastic offensively. He's solid, but with Tory Krug, you know, what's the point of another one of these guys? That's just what I, I just wanted to point that out. I, I just don't want to see Grizzlick getting a ton of minutes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I just don't want to see a ton of minutes for him because I just think he's a mini-me, poor man's Tory Krug that you know could be you know eighty percent of what Tory Krug is now when he reaches twenty eight years old maybe, and you know he's got some potential offensively. What's the point of having him? I just want to throw that out there. But yeah, the Bruins game was great. Not over though. If you can win game three, I'd say it's pretty much over. But 
I always leave the door crack open. Right now, I still give the Hurricanes a chance. Uh, I don't think they will win. I wouldn't bet really any money on it, but there's the door's still open. They've been good at home, so if they stay undefeated all of a sudden, it could be a 2-2 series. Just saying. But, you know, as long as the Bruins can just go out and win this game three, if they lose the game four, it's fine. If you win that game, um, if you win, if you sweep the Hurricanes, I don't expect the sweep. I expect the five game series. I think you should, lo- I think you're going to lose one in Carolina. They've been good at home, and asking for a sweep in the Eastern Conference Finals is a tough task. Just win this game series in five, win it back in Boston, just win one of the next two, you'll be set. That gives you, what, eight days of rest? And Chara said he doesn't really like the rest, but, you know, I think he needs it. You know, a lot of the, like, Tuka Rask desperately needs the rest. More rest, the better for Rask. You start this regular season, so especially this team's getting older. A guy like Rask needs that rest. There's still some young guys, but the rest would be crucial. And I, you don't know how bad I want to see, like, the Blues win in seven. The Blues win in seven, you sweep or go to five games with the Hurricanes. That's the most I could ask, possibly. You get a long rest, and you get to face the Blues, who are coming off a seven-game series against the Sharks. Well thought. That would be awesome, and that that would just be awesome. Worst case scenario is, assume worst case scenario with you winning is it goes to seven games, and the Sharks sweep. So you have to face the sh- uh, more rested team in the Sharks. But anyway, I'm not going to get into all of that. You get my point. But now we are going to get to the two game sevens yesterday, starting with the Nuggets Trailblazers. So let's get to that. All right, so this was a very good game. The Portland Trailblazers, the three seed, won on the road against the Denver Nuggets in Game Seven. One, uh, the two seed Nuggets, one hundred to ninety-six to make their bid into the Western Conference Finals to face the Golden State Warriors. Now, personally, I thought this game was a little, a little overrated and a little overshadowed. A little overshadowed due to the right after the Raptors seventy-sixers game one-upping them and the fact that. I thought it was a little overrated just because you had no neither team could shoot a three. A total of six threes made. Both teams were kind of inefficient, and you saw like the stars of the game, like Nicole Jokic was good, but like a guy like Dame, CJ McCollum made up for it, but like, Dame was ice cold. Like it just, I, it was great game still, but like neither team could really shoot. Like you know, some in, some players just kind of stepped up, some just stepped down. Like I want to see a good game from Dame, and I just didn't really see it. It was. Eh. But, you know, it was still a great game. And at the beginning of this game, Nuggets jumped out to that early 29-17 lead to end the first quarter. And then the Trailblazers found their game defensively and offensively a little bit again. Then that third quarter was interesting to me because the Trailblazers outscored the Nuggets by eight. But the Nuggets went on that huge stretch where they just dominated in that third quarter. But the, the Trailblazers really buy a basket here and there. And, you know, that, that quarter, whoever... Thank God for C.J. McCollum for those Trailblazers because personally right now, now that the Celtics are, I'm rooting for the Trailblazers, so I was happy to see them win. I'll, you know, I could care less if they get out, but if I had a root for a team, room for the Trailblazers, uh, I was just like them. And McCollum stepped up for them, so did Maurice Harkless. And, you know, not in a big way. 17 minutes, 6 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, but that – he was big in that third quarter, gave him quality minutes defensively and offensively. Obviously, he had that bad foul on Monty Morris. Uh, Morris has not made a three all um, playoffs, and the Nuggets made like two threes in that game. Yeah, two for 19. He was fouling them from three, so that was a bad decision. But uh, other than that, like, 
I thought Cantor stepped up pretty well. McCollum stepped up big time. But in Evan Turner, Evan Turner stepped up big time too. Uh, was much better to this game than he has been all year and stepped up at the free throw line all game and at the end there. Uh, Evan Turner played a good game. But other than that, like Seth, Seth Curry, 16 minutes, no rebounds, no points, no assists. Myers Leonard, 7 minutes, only 2 points, nothing else. Hood obviously got hurt, so 20 minutes, 6 points, 3 assists. But even though it was 20 minutes, he wasn't great. And Dame. 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 13 points. The thing I respect about Dame, he's crashing the boards like crazy. 10 rebounds. I'm not just saying that because I saw the game. He's crashing the boards. I saw him one just dive in for the ball, like dive past. Seemed like all the players. I think it was on a free throw, and he just got that ball. He said, give it to me. And he moved the ball better than he thought, than he usually does. So he's aggressive on the boards, moving the ball pretty well. He just couldn't shoot. But McCollum made up for it. And I thought Ennis Cantor stepped up mostly on the boards, uh, 13 rebounds. But Aminu shied away. Herkless really in the had that th- good third quarter. But McCollum down the stretch couldn't miss from that post. I think he had three elbow shots in the final three, two and a half minutes. It was crazy. Like after the 237 mark, I think he made three post shots. And even that one at the end, like he couldn't miss from mid range. That guy's a bucket getter. He really is. He's not great defensively, he's just a, bu- he's just a scorer. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, he got nine rebounds last night, but he's not going to go grab your rebounds. He's not going to move the ball. He's not going to, you know, play phenomenal defense, although he had that chase down block after Dame got blocked on Jamal Murray. But he's just a bucket getter. The guy can shoot. He doesn't take it to the hoop very often, but he can create his own shot. Like, he can catch and shoot, and he can create his own shot from three and mid-range. So step back from the post three times in a row in the final minutes and sunk them all. So that's the thing about him. And then on the Nuggets side of things, one person I want to see step up more is Paul Millsap. Now I know Millsap, like nowadays, the guy's, uh, what, 34 years old. This season he averaged uh, 12.6 points on 48% shooting, 27 minutes a night. Getting seven boards, two assists, and around a steal. So let's say his usual stat line's 13-7-2. This game, he had a stat line of 10-7-1. So, you know, not much worse. But I want to see Millsap step up because he had 32 minutes. So I want to see Millsap get, like, 15 points, like almost a double-double. I really want to see him step up a leadership role as well. But if I'm a Nuggets fan, I don't panic. Who need this game more? The Trailblazers absolutely 100% need this game over the Nuggets. Both had low expectations, but the Nuggets were a team that just, they have a bright, bright future. A lot of this team is still young and developing. Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, you know, even throw a guy like Malik Beasley on that list, or a Mason Plumley, if you will, or, you know, even a Monty Morris. This team is just so young. The whole roster's young, except for Paul Millsap and Will Barton. You know, those are two guys, but they need that that leadership guy and a real bucket getter. Nikola Jokic can get buckets, but he's not that bucket getter. Like I said, an underrated spot for Jimmy Butler to go would be Denver. Now, I don't think Jimmy Butler will go. I don't think Jimmy Butler should go. This is a great young team, but why should Denver appeal to him? But that would be a great fit for this Denver Nuggets team. It gives them a lead. I, now, I don't want to say that word, leader. It gives them experience, let's just say. It gives them that closer that they need. And it showed Game 7 right here they didn't have a closer. They didn't uh, sort of in San Antonio. But what, are you going to bank on that game by Jamal Murray again? Like, late? 
kind of stepped up late. Like, I, I just don't know. Nikola Jokic is not a guy that I don't think can be a closer in this league. The fact is, he's just not really a bucket getter. Somewhat. Not not really. He doesn't scream bucket leader. Usually a big man doesn't. And he's so unconditioned. Like, I just see all these memes after the quadruple overtime game. Nikola Jokic, like, you know, just all these memes people were making. But who cares about that? But he's just unconditioned. How can you be a closer if you're unconditioned like that, you know? And he's not exactly a bucket getter either. Jimmy Buckets is a bucket getter and he's a closer. He's one of the best at both of those in this NBA. He's not the best, but he's up there for both. He's very conditioned. Great athlete. Good defensively, too. And he can bring a little defense to this Nuggets team. I think they need it. They need... They, you know, once their guys, their guys now, their young guys are a little more experienced. They're going to develop. And they just need, a, you know, a little, you know, bigger of a leader. Again, they're going to get Millsap's horrible contract off the books this season. They should try to bring him back, maybe. But they need just a little more experience on this team, you know? And I'd even think about dumping uh, one of these young guys or two. And I don't want to say that in a way, just dump them, but... Because when you look at it, they got guys like Tory Craig, Nicole Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Mason Plumley, Monty Morris, Malik Beasley. I think a lot of young guys who are going to want at least a little bit of dough to guys like Nicole Jokic, Max Deals. You have to pay a lot of those guys. So I say, since you're not going to be able to pay them all, try trading one of them for a more experienced player and a good contract. You know what I'm saying? Someone who can kind of be a leader. You know, even if the young guy that you gave up, you know, might be even a little better at the moment than that older guy, just get someone who can, you know, come in and be a leader. Because I don't know if Paul Millsap is a leader. He's just really quiet. And just Will Barton either. So I just think this team didn't have a ton of experience or a ton of leadership. But the Trailblazers, on the other hand, we were talking about whether or not they should tear this whole thing apart. And they need this game. Terry Stotts uh, was really on the hot seat. His job is now saved. We were talking about should they trade Damon C.J. McCollum if this doesn't work out once again. They've clutched up in game to the Western Conference Finals. The Trailblazers need that game much more, especially because they're going to be a way bigger free agency destination now. Neither's going to be too appealing, but like a guy like De- who's going to come to Denver? The team doesn't have a lot of salary cap space, and they're Denver. Now, given the Trailblazers are Portland, but they're a team in win now, and I, I think the Nuggets are win now, but they're still developing, and they're in Denver. This is Portland, not a huge city either, but you have a guy like Damian Lillard. Again, they have a guy like Nikola Jokic, but Trailblazers is kind of win now. They have some money. So a guy like DeMarcus Cousins might sit there and say, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad, especially if he can get a ring. I mean, he's hurt right now, yes, but if he can just go get, He took a huge pay cut. So if he can just go to a place like Portland, that would be a good fit for him. Yeah, I think they can somewhat contend for something there. They just got to keep building. Dame, CJ, and DeMarcus Cousins, not a bad big three. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's going to win you a title, but you might be one piece away. One one solid piece. I'm not saying you need another all-star. I mean, you might need another all-star, but, you know, one solid piece. But, Boogie, this could appeal. Like, Portland's making a run at some free agents right now. So that's my little uh, take on that Game 7. So now we're going to get to the uh, 76ers Raptors. I just realized we haven't even done NFL Power Rankings. By the time I'm done with this Raptors Sixers game, we might have a full episode worth done. But got to make up to you guys. And I already said I was going to do the NFL Power Rankings, so we'll get to that after. So now we're going to get to the 76ers Raptors game. All right, so last night the Raptors – 
pulled that uh, game seven off in Toronto, 92 to 90 over the 76ers. Personally, I enjoyed this game a little more than the uh, Nuggets Trailblazers. That was still a great game, but Kawhi Leonard was he he was incredible, and. I just, I told you, I just can't believe in that Sixers team. And they did a little better than I thought. The fact that they hung in there with the Raptors was a little more than I thought maybe they were capable of. So I was just, you know, I was just pleased with that. I thought, you know, in last night's game, Kawhi really carried them. You know, Lowry was off of his game. Danny Green was off his game big time. Fred Van Fleet wasn't great off the bench. Siakam was eh. Marcus Gasol was in, and I mean, the really only one that stepped up was Serge Ibaka, but that was a big carry by Kawhi, and he needs to thank the San Antonio shoot, uh, shooting coaches, because they're fantastic, but that jump shot looks weird, but it goes in easy. It's such an underrated three-point shooter. When he came into the league, he wasn't much of a shooter, but now he, you know, he's hitting these fadeaways from mid-range, fadeaways from three, and... That's thanks to the San Antonio shooting coaches. That shot that he made was incredible, but no, the Sixers stuck in a little better than I thought, but now the big question is, can they get Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris back? I think they need to fire Brett Brown. He's just not getting the job done. They need to add bench depth. Last night's game, they had a total of eight points and four uh, four rebounds from their bench. Three bench players played. James Ennis played 14 minutes Six points, two boards. Mike Scott played 11 minutes, two points, two rebounds. And Greg Monroe played two minutes and gave you an empty stat line. So that just shows this starting unit carries. The starting unit put up Jimmy Butler 16 points, Tobias Harris 15, Joel 21, Ben Simmons 13, J.J. Redick 17. And that wasn't enough. So you can't, you know, you need bench depth, especially in the playoffs. This team needs to fire their coach. They need to focus a little more on bench depth. Try to get Jimmy and Tobias back. Or, you know, if I had to prioritize one, I've been saying Tobias, but I think I might go with Jimmy. Because, you know, he's been a little better with that locker room than I thought maybe he would. And Tobias spreads the floor a little better, but Jimmy is just a bucket getter and their closer. And they really need him. I, 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 I yes, I think... Now, what was that? All right, I think at this point I'm sold uh, that Jimmy Butler is the priority over Tobias Harris. I've said Tobias, Tobias, Tobias. I think I'm ready to switch over to Jimmy. But last night's game, seven three-pointers for the Raptors. I felt like Kawhi hit them all except for that, like, one Serge Ibaka had. Like, I really did. Like, Kawhi, though, last night, 41 points, eight rebounds, three assists in 43 minutes. Kawhi, is not, he's unreal. He's unreal. I'd say who's better for two-way, it's either him or Giannis. And Kawhi's probably the best defender in the game. Uh, he's great in transition. The guy can take it to the hoop. He can hit almost any shot. He's become pretty lethal on the offensive end. When he came into the league, he was just a defensive stud. That was it, pretty much. And now he's developed this game in San Antonio. You know, He's developing offensively, solid player. Now he's incredible in Toronto. He's incredible. Oh, he's he's something he's unreal. So Toronto's really making a bit out of him. I again, I just don't think Toronto gets him back. I think Kawhi has already said it. He doesn't matter. He, he he you know this is something he left because he wants to improve his brand in LA and he wants to go play for his hometown team. So that's just my thought uh, quickly on that Raptors 76ers game. So yeah, sorry about that whole. Um, NFL power rankings thing. I decided to move that to the next episode. I told you guys at the beginning. It just all got all confused, so I'm going to move that to next episode, and we'll talk about that next episode. It should be pretty fun. But, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, 
So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. And Colin on the Anchor mobile app, go follow my Instagram after the buzzer sports talk. No spaces, all lowercase. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.